Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Ah, good morning to you. What a great day it is. It is a Tuesday. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in. And we have some open lines for the next little while, 673-5890. If you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to uh, love to have you along. Again, 673 673- Five eight nine zero. I want to tell you a little bit about something we're doing here at Cherry Creek Radio. Now we know travel. There's all kinds of travel bans, and there's a, you know you can't go maybe some of the places you want to go. And even if you get there, like Hawaii, you're under a 14 day quarantine. So why go? Uh, so the best thing I think is a staycation, and we want to help you out with a staycation. Uh, we're giving away uh, over the next few days. I'm going to be giving away five free nights at now. It's for one, for five different free nights. So five people will win a free night at Ruby's Inn up at Bryce Canyon, and you'll also get tickets to the live country music show at Ebenezer's Barn and Grill. And in fact, they're going to have a pretty gnarly fireworks show on the Fourth of July. If you wanted to schedule that thing in there too, uh, we'll be giving those away again. Uh, five different packages to go to Ruby's Inn with you and your sweetheart or whoever you want to take. And uh, you also get tickets to go see their live country music show. Uh, the uh, tickets, like I said, we're giving them away in the next few days. By Friday, I've got to give all five of them out. So I have a deadline. Got to get them out there to you. And uh, so uh, not not going to give them away this minute, but, uh, yeah, stay tuned to the show uh, today and the rest of the week to see if we can give all those packages out to get you to Ruby's Inn and a beautiful staycation right here in the state of Utah, right next to one of our great national parks, Bryce Canyon National Park. So uh, I'm actually thinking about heading out there myself so I can sample the, uh, sample the beautiful staycation idea. Haven't arranged a time and place yet, or a time yet, but we're going to get that done as well. But yeah, five five packages to go to Bryce and to the country music show there at Ebenezer's. Uh, looking forward to that. I was uh, just a perusing, and by the way, I've got to turn off the music there. Okay, uh, I was perus- perusing the music, or I was a perusing, excuse me, the news, uh, and uh, my favorite go-to spot uh, online is Fox News, and... Uh, I saw a pretty cool article and, and story by Mike Lee. This is about statues. Now, how do you feel about statues? Uh, not a ton of statues here in St. George, but there's a few here and there. They're mostly artsy ones. Uh, as the uh, Arts Council, the arts group here in town, decides to mostly stay away from political stuff, which is a good idea, uh, even historical stuff, as we're finding in recent times, are really taking a beating. And uh, I can tell you on a personal note, I'm, kind of neither here nor there on statues okay it's kind of cool but i i never and and i'm not i'm not uh i'm not trying to degrade the uh incredible talent that people have i could never i could never create a statue myself it would look like well it would not look good uh but uh you know the people that make statues very talented people and i'm impressed that that you can take a a lump of clay or whatever it is your medium is uh, that uh, that you create with and you can create something special. And I think that's incredible. For me, it, it's just like, well, okay, that's, that's fine. Cool. I mean, that's great. Uh, but then we get start getting into some of the historical figures and statues. And uh, Christopher Columbus was taken down by, by rioters or by protesters or whatever. Uh, obviously, in the South, so many uh, Confederate war heroes uh, taken down. Uh, there's a big flap over the flag of Mississippi, which has the Confederate flag in the corner. 
Confederate battle flag in the corner. Um, and they've even started taking or trying to take down some statues that uh, that are, you know, really actually good guys, you would think. Uh there was an article. I cannot believe this. This is this blew me away. There's an article in Popular Mechanics in the la- latest issue of Popular Mechanics. It's uh, basically how to take down a statue without injuring yourself. It was a how-to guide to taking down a statue. I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Popular Mechanics. I mean, yeah, how to build a, a squirrel feeder, or how to build a bird feeder that squirrel can't climb, or how to fix your lawnmower. Or, you know, something like that, but really how to take down a statue. I was, it was actually kind of stunning to me. So, anyway, uh, Mike Lee, a congressman from, or senator rather, from the state of Utah, got, uh, got an interviewed by Fox News, and uh, he had a lot to say about the whole statue situation. Here's a little bit more from that story. It said, last week, the American Museum of Natural History asked New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio to remove a prominent statue from its front entrance following years of objections that it symbolizes colonial expansion and racial discrimination. It's like, wait, what? That's what they said. The bronze statue that has stood at the museum's entrance since 1940, as the New York Times reported, depicts President Theodore Roosevelt, not a controversial figure, not a, any, nothing to do with slavery, uh, Theodore Roosevelt on horseback with a Native American man and an African American man, or an African man, standing next to the horse. They're standing next to the, he, He's not pointing at them. He's, they're just walking next to the horse. Uh, yeah, de Blasio says, the, museum, the American Museum of Natural History is asked to remove the Theodore Roosevelt statue because it explicitly depicts black and indigenous people as subjugated and racially inferior. I'm looking at the statue, at least a picture of the statue right now. I'm not getting that. He's, he doesn't have him in chains. They're, 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 in my mind, there's no way that that can be interpreted, interpreted, excuse me, interpreted, it's a new word, interpreted as, uh, I don't know, racial or, or I, I just, I don't understand it. Uh, anyway, Mike Lee was just like, are you kidding me? Why are we, why are we doing this to our country? Why are we destroying history in the United States? Uh, you know, we talked about it yesterday on the show. Uh, did they destroy the, uh, the Jap- the the, the uh, excuse me the, the uh, prison camps in Germany the the gas chamber camps in Germany no you leave them standing because someday somebody's going to claim it never happened or they're going to claim you know that it wasn't that big a deal or not that many bad things went on and you know the, the civil war happened it was part of slavery was a part of the founding of this country and if you start condemning the history of this country you start condemning what this country is. You know, I, I mean, I know many people who revere, say, Bill Clinton as a great president or John F. Kennedy. Do we disregard what they did because of their treatment to women? Do we just erase it? Forget it. It's gone. It does not count because they were, they were bad to women. Me Too movement almost did that. Now you have the movement... The BLM movement, the Antifa or Antifa movement, uh, and they're trying to erase history completely. I like what, uh, I think it was Jamie Keston said it yesterday. He said, I'm not a perfect man. 
I, I think I heard Sean Hannity say something like this too. I've made mistakes. Screwed up. If we were to erase me because I've made some mistakes and I've done some things that could be construed as, I don't know, racist or mean or sexist or whatever, everyone would be gone. There would be nothing left of this country. This country was not... There was only one perfect person that ever lived. And this country was founded by a lot of imperfect people who, you know, they were just trying. They were just trying to make things a little better. Frustrating to me that, that we are trying to destroy everything that this country was built on. Trying to get rid of our history. Let's go to the phone lines. All right. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up this morning? Well, so popular mechanics, do you know why the timing of that article... No, uh, no, tell me. Okay, so do you remember down in Albuquerque, New Mexico, there was a group of protesters that were trying to tear down that statue. I don't know what the statue um, was. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, down, and that was where um, that was where there was video footage where uh, one of the guys that was protesting the protesters, and was, they were armed men, that were trying to surround the statue and to protect it. Right, right, right. I heard about that. Yeah. And then, and they, and then when the him and his 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 guys that were with them, they decided to leave because it was getting too intense. Then they came and chased after him, and that was when on the video footage, one of the guys started punching him. A second guy comes in, was swinging his skateboard at him, and then they go to the ground. They had a tussle. The guy pulls out two knives. That's when he he pulled his firearm, which was concealed, you know, concealed carry. And that's when he ended up shooting one of the guys. But what happened? If you look at in the footage, that's what, what happened was is um they had tied um, rope around the, the statue, mm-hmm. and they were all at the same time in unison pulling to yank the statue down. Well, the person that was the, the highest up on the rope that was nearest the statue when it finally did come down. It slammed down and hit came right down onto his uh, skull and uh, kind of made a big laceration. He ended up having to go to the hospital. And so the timing isn't, you know, obviously is 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 right on point. But that's that's what spurred it. Okay. Everyone saw the footage of them pulling that out. So that's that. Um, is is it like popular mechanics giving up and saying, "Well, you're going to do it anyway, so here, let's do it right." It's sad, uh, but everything's become politicized now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you can't go anywhere, Andy. Or it's and it, it's sad. My my wife, she's apolitical. She doesn't want to deal with politics. I'm the opposite. I've uh, I used to run cars from auctions from Ogden all the way down to Vegas, and so I had a lot of time on my hands to drive. And that's when I discovered talk radio, and that's when I got. That's when I, I'm I'm a first generation a gun owner in my family, but I'm a first generation newsie. I mean, my dad uh, is in the news, but uh, he's his life is in jobs that never allowed him to get in the news. So I'm I'm like kind of a first generation of a lot of things, uh, especially me. So I'm I just I, I I consume it. I'm 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 ahead of it. I'm on top of it. I, I I should be working for a radio station. I should be working because I, <laughs> I I do I I no I, I do it naturally. I yeah. Do. I and I and I don't go to one website. I go to many. Uh, if I want to if I want to go far far left and see what's the far left, where the cutting edge of what they're doing right now, I'll go to Slate. I'll go to Mother Jones. I'll go to 
You know what I mean? If yeah, I'm, well, I mean, it's nice to have people that are really into the news like that and uh, educated people to comment on the show. Let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy. How are you today? Very good, Andy. Thanks. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for thanks for calling on the show. It's good to hear a friendly voice out there. <laughs> yes, you bet. Thank you. Uh, this whole I call, it was about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. I called in about the Black Lives Matter thing, and and I was kind of was pointing out. I feel that we need to start pushing back. You know, instead of caving in to this, it's just a political movement. We need to push back. You, you know, I think if I went down downtown St. George and started spray painting, you know, something down around the tabernacle or something, trying to deface something, I. I figure and I well should be look handcuffed and thrown in jail immediately yeah you know it's like I'm so glad that President Trump has come out and and said that anybody now trying to tear down these monuments etc they're be put in jail for multiple years it's like in my mind and clapping it's about time yeah I, I I feel so unfortunate with mayor Pike or whatnot going down and 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 trying to do the solidarity thing with these people, and 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 a lot of those people are nice people too. They are also being played. This is a political movement, everybody, and you're being played by trying to play nice with these people, hoping that they'll calm down and be your friend and everything like that. It's all a big scam to downgrade America, and and also a side note to get Trump. And everything else, but I just feel that I'm getting a little excited here. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, good. That, that we just simply need to stand up and push back on these things. Like you even said in your position, if I say anything too extreme, they'll fire me. You sure. know, and I can kind of understand that, but you can at least just put up the truth and let we the people out here get, get all the correct information so we can clearly see what's going on well said well said thank you for the call today appreciate it you bet. Thank you. so so here's the thing that i think maybe is part of the problem what he's talking about there needs to be some pushback the people like you and i need to take a stand uh but the problem is i think a lot of us and, and i'm gonna throw myself into this one don't have the stomach to to risk what might happen in my case, maybe I lose my job. Or or worse, if I go down and take a stand against these people, maybe one of them throws a brick at my head or pulls a gun or, I don't, I don't know, has a knife. I, you, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I almost feel like the heart and soul of this country isn't where it was in, say, 1960 when, when protests happened and, and there was violence and, and you had to stand up against certain things. I, I don't know if we're there anymore. I don't know if I want to be there. That's, that's the hard thing. It's almost like BLM, Black Lives Matter, and Antifa and these places are bullies and we're the ones that are being picked on. And, you know, I always taught my kids, if somebody tries to bully you, if worst comes to worst, take a shot. Take a swing. I don't advocate violence, but if worse comes to worse, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And, and I, I don't know if, if I, I don't preach and practice what I preach. I don't know. Caller, you're on with Andy. What's up? Uh, hello, Is it, I'm on. You're on. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Yes, um, yes. Thank you for taking my call. Um, 
I'm uh, calling about um, what we just barely talked about um, on a site called rents.rense.co. Okay. You're going to see a picture of Kamala Harris, and this is what she said. It says, who the heck does she think she is? This is what she said. And once Trump is gone and we have regained our rightful place in the White House, look out if you supported him and endorse his actions, because we will be coming for you next. You will feel the vengeance of a nation. No stone will be left unturned as we seek you out in every corner of this great nation, for it is you who have betrayed us. Kamala Harris said this June 18, 2020. Is that a a verified quote? Because that sounds awful. It's a verified quote, yes. Wow. So, um, I don't know, trying to be nice to the other side, as you can see by what she said, and she could very easily be the President of the United States if he picks her as his running mate. That's right. Um, Because he ain't going to be around much longer, it doesn't seem like, at least not mentally. No, well, he isn't now. Yeah. But um, there is... This is a this is a revolution. This is a Marxist revolution that we're involved in, and it's time that we wake up. You know, actually, you know, if you look at the population and who you know ranks who, um, these people that are trying to dictate your life—well, they are dictating your lifestyle. When you kneel down to these people, these mm. black lives, when you kneel down to them, you know they have won. But really, they're only 15% of the population, you know, and yeah. Hispanics are greater. And, of course, white people, there are more white people. But, you know, it's time that we stood up and stopped this nonsense because this is this is the pr- future president of the United States, this Harris saying that we're coming for you. What, would you, you. what would you propose? Uh, we had... A, a mostly peaceful protest here in St. George, and you say, well, we need to stop this nonsense. What sh- what in your mind, then, should we be doing when something like that happens in our town? Should should we be there standing up to them and, and per- potentially having a, a physical confrontation? Or, or you know, should we get our police force to, to show, off, show out in, in mass and take care of it? What, what do you think? I stand for the, you know, the rule of law. I mm-hmm. think that... Uh, you know, the police do need to put it down and stop it. And, I, you know, if we don't stop it, you're going to be in a concentration camp. How do you like that? Mm, that sounds awful. Sounds you're going to be in a, re- they call them re-education camps. I fought these people in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and I fought them in the first Gulf War. And they're socialists, and they're still socialists. They say they're socialists, but they're really Marxist communists. And if you don't stop now, if you don't wake up now, you're going to find your children and your grandchildren in a different a different country. Mm, they're terrible. They're, they're closer than ever, aren't they? All right, thanks for the phone call. We appreciate you uh, checking in with the show today. We've got a good weather break in. We uh, come back. We'll have our guests uh, joining us. And speaking of the police, we're going to have Tiffany Atkin and a guest with us talking about the, well, You know, a very hot topic right now, the blue lives and how much they matter. Welcome back to the program. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in today. I have a couple of guests in studio and uh, 
You know, I'm one of those old school guys that thinks the police are good guys. So we have the police department in here with me. Tiffany Atkin and Jeremy Needles, you guys, thanks for coming in today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Jeremy, I just met for the first time, and uh, Jeremy's recovering from something very familiar to me, back surgery. And uh, that's not fun, man. No, no, but it uh, gets rid of the pain, and so it's a look to the future from here. I, I had the surgeon tell me uh, right before the surgery. He, he didn't wait. He waited till right like the day before, and he's like, now, just so you're aware, this is one of the most painful recoveries there is of any surgeries. I'm like... Thanks for telling me, Doc. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing that right before you cut me open. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you probably wore the back brace for months and months. Huh? Yeah. yeah. About uh, two and a half months wore the back brace. Uh, finally uh-huh. out of it. But, uh, yeah, it, this has been a long process to healing. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. You look good. Thank you. You Thank look you. good. So, And Tiffany always looks good. Thank you. Got the hair up today, huh? Yeah, it's hot. My hair's really long, and it's too hot to have a hair hair down. The really thick hair. Yeah, thick and long and. Well, you guys, I'm curious if it's talked about with what's what's going on in the country. If it's talked about in in the you know in the the, what do you call it the squad room or whatever, uh, when you know around the country we see abuse of of police. uh, All all of it seemingly stemmed from that one incident with with the the police officer in Minneapolis. do you guys talk about it actively as you socialize, you know, in between, you know, cases you're working on and stuff? You, you just kind of, hey, man, can you, can you believe that? Or how did that, how did that really happen and things like that? Is that, is that a, a social topic for you, for you guys? Yeah, we talk about it and uh, the inappropriateness of that uh, action that that officer did at that time. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about it to learn from things like that and uh, to ensure that we don't do things within our own agency that would – do anything like that to make violate the public's trust or anything like that. So. Does it change the way you do your job, Jeremy and Tiffany? Does, does it change anything about what – I mean, sadly now in this country, right now in this environment, in this country, if you have that uniform and you look great in your uniform, Tiffany, if you have that uniform on, it makes – unfortunately, it makes you a target to someone out there who feels like – I, I don't even know what they're thinking. They, they, who feels like they've been ripped off by society? Well, to be fair, we've been wearing this uniform and feeling, and at times that we're a target anyway. So mm-hmm. nothing's really new. So it doesn't. It's not worse. You're not more on pins and needles. Or um, I, needles. I, uh-huh. I guess. <laughs> I guess we could be. I think it just makes us more aware. Um, it makes us. It, you know, helps us to remind us to be better, do better. We're always, always striving to do better. But I think we live in a great community. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of support. I think we're very, very well trained at St. George Police Department. Um, so our citizens really don't need to worry that that's, this kind of stuff is going to happen here. I mean, you um, look at it uh, over the last few weeks since, since this incident, since we've had the uh, you know, protest stuff, the outpouring of love from our community to our police department has been oh, good. overwhelming at times. Yeah, I mean, no, we, it's every, true. every day we come in and somebody within the public's coming in and tell us how much that they appreciate us and that what they're saying on the news isn't accurate for the general population Mm -hmm. you know and stuff so it's hard to keep up with thanking people for thanking us that there's such an outpouring but i think it's really important for the community to understand that we really do have a great department who trains us very well um especially when it comes to defensive tactics we we go over it you know what twice a year yeah and you know, and it's not just the city, it's the city as a whole, too, that supports the mayor, the city council, city yeah. manager, all those are, are all included in why our department's such 
a great department within the state and stuff. So, but we have we've had citizens reach out and say, "Hey, what what kind of incidents have you had in this complaints towards you or, you know, use of force?" and and people have asked questions, and we really appreciate that. That's what we're we're here for. That, and if people are have concerns or questions. They're reaching out and they're asking those and we're answering them the best we can and and if I can't answer them then I kind of try to send them in that right direction so we appreciate that yeah we've we have people reach out and if they if they wonder about things they've asked questions and that's important it's important to understand what we do and how we do it I'm going to ask you um, and there's I had like 18 questions I got to try to organize them in order here but uh, that police officer Chauvin I think his name was is the one that that actually killed uh, George Floyd um, he had a history of, of problems. I think it was 17 or 18 complaints previously against mm-hmm. him. Uh, I know you guys don't know the specifics of what those were, but should he have even been out there in the public doing doing what he was doing, considering his past, in your opinion? Well, what you got to look at as a whole, and anybody can come and complain on an officer at any time, right? Sure. sure. And just because they, they receive a complaint, we track those. If I receive a complaint or Tiffany receives a complaint, that is still tracked. That will remain in my file, even if what I've done, um, the chief comes back and the the board comes back and says you were appropriate. Not only are you appropriate, you did ex- exactly what we expected of you. That complaint still stays in our hmm. file. So, so these eighteen I, whatever complaints, they could have all been resolved or been minor things. Yep. And so I would look into the exact history of that. Right? What are those complaints? What what generated those? Right? Is it mm-hmm. a disgruntled person that you gave a ticket to that that got found guilty today in court well, and, stuff, and, so. there, yeah, and there's there's certain styles of police uh, policing that aren't are a little more abrasive they're still correct they're still doing their job but i mean i've i've been pulled over a few times in my life sad to say uh and there there have been good experiences with police officers who gave me a ticket you know it wasn't a good experience because i didn't get a ticket it was a good experience because he treated me with with respect and with class but i've had other officers who all they did was walk up and lecture me for 15 minutes and then write me a ticket too you know it's like well, well can i either get the lecture or the ticket i don't really want both right you, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so you know i can i can see that there could be complaints where an officer technically didn't do anything wrong uh, we don't obviously we don't know the specifics on on this particular uh, officer. Now uh, shifting it back to St. George, uh, there are moments in policing where there's there's high tension, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm guessing big crowds is probably one of those because when there's a big crowd, you never know what someone three rows back if they're mm-hmm. holding a gun or they've got a, a brick or or whatever. Can you guys talk about the tension that is involved in something like that? Especially we had you know a few protests peaceful mostly protests here in st george what was that like or what what is that like and, and can you rank that on, on high is how tense, tense that really is a lot of it depends on the crowd uh, again kind of like you said it goes off personalities and their intention right mm-hmm. um and, and and personality goes a long ways right being able to talk and communicate with people in a respectful manner as opposed to being more militaristic and stuff mm-hmm. and so i was fortunate enough to you know be uh kind of in, in incident command over our protests and the protests quite frankly they were very cooperative and appreciative mm-hmm. of us and on both sides and you know the, the few that were within the crowd that were that were uh, doing criminal mischief and creating a problem and we we pursued charges against those mm-hmm. guys but for the most part they were very respectful and very in fact uh, we got they, the first i think it was the very first protest they did i got a facebook message from the organizer saying Kudos to St. George PD. You are professional. You let us speak our mind. You didn't interrupt us. You didn't take away our rights. No one was, 
you know, assaulted or hurt by the police, and we really appreciate that you were there to keep us safe and, and how you treated everybody. And so, and we do, we really appreciate that the community, for the most part, there was a handful that created or that, that maybe committed some crimes, but overall, we're really grateful that everyone come out and affected their right to free speech, but they did it peacefully, and, and it went really, really well, com- considering how it could have gone. Yeah, and, to, and to answer your question, I mean, we're always, we always have kind of a heightened sense of our own security and those around us, mm-hmm. especially in big groups like that. So it does, mm-hmm. it does notch it up a little bit for us, but we still have to be you know, that personable and approachable officer and stuff so how big a, a, a crew would you have for something like like that blm uh, protest we had a couple of weeks ago uh it depended like mm-hmm. initially we we only had 10 to 12 down there the first couple of protests and then we we had moved it up to having uh 15 to 20 just you know more officers on scene to answer questions and ensure that everybody's doing the right thing for the right reasons and so do you set up a particular per- perimeter with something like that, or are you just kind of intermingling with the crowd and keeping an eye on things, or how does that work? We'll, 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 yeah, both. I mean, we'll, both. Keep, we'll keep some people on the, the perimeter, um, and some, some people commingling to answer questions and stuff. So and a lot of it depending on where they have it. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the marches uh, happened at Town Square, started at Town Square, so it was easy to have it at the park, and then they marched up to the police department or the city offices and then marched back. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of logistically, it was easy just to have officers in front or sides or, or with them just to, as they move because we stuff, you so. know we want to make sure they stay safe we don't want them to get into traffic and get Hit hurt by a car, yeah. or we don't want cars driving and you know driving erratically or or causing issues with with the uh with the protesters so you know we we take action on those people that maybe were creating or uh doing um what traffic violations and stuff like that we would address but yeah. overall what uh well then I've, I've lost the question i had oh no i remember now okay i have a i know a business owner that has a business downtown and uh he made sure when all this was going on that he and his uh i think it was son-in-law or stepson or something sat in the back of their store which had just closed uh with uh armed with weapons uh what are your thoughts on that i mean obviously he has a right to defend his business at the same time, when you throw a firearm into what is potentially a an explosive situation, you you know that, that's the last thing we want. What are your thoughts, you guys? Well, I think that it's it is important for people to protect themselves and their property, and I think that if it's uh, if they're comfortable handling a firearm, they've got their head on straight and they can control their emotion and just not react, mm-hmm. knee jerk react, and and handle it responsibly. Then of course we're going to support that. It, but you've got to you've got to know what you're getting into by handling a firearm, and you've got to sure. be responsible about it. You got to look at the big picture and what what's mm-hmm. going to be the better for the grand scheme of things and stuff. I mean, this we haven't had the rioting associated with the the march and stuff that, that other cities have had. Luckily, yeah. Luckily, and and I think a lot of that comes down to how uh, we as a city and we as a department treated those marches and, and stuff so yeah um, but, but again like we had a we had a robbery a business robbery a week ago or so yes we did yeah. where, a ph- a where, pharmacy. Yeah. where the pharmacist had a firearm on him the suspects had crowbars on them had he not had a firearm who knows how that would have worked he did point the weapon at the suspects they were not harmed um 
So I think it just goes back to, you know, do you have you, you the mindset? Said, you said they were not harmed, right? Not no, armed. Yeah, they, they were not harmed. Right, but yeah, okay. he did not. No one was hurt, luckily, right? But do, I'm glad you brought that up because I had kind of forgotten about that. Uh, I made the comment, maybe I was being a little flippant, but I, I made the comment that I probably would have shot the guys myself. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have mixed feelings about all that. I'm glad no one was hurt, Me to be too. quite honest. Absolutely. But by the same token, if I, especially a, a place like a pharmacy where you've got all the narcotics and things like that, and I'm, I'm there and someone comes in and I've got a gun on me, that's, I mean, that's very lucky that didn't turn much Absolutely. Worse. But if you, if you think about it, though, yes, it's just, it's property. It's pills. It's that, nothing worth losing their life over. But what you have to remember is if they have a weapon, and and he didn't. How would that have played out? Mm-hmm. Who really knows? We don't. We'll never know, right? But the point being is that, you know, he was able to defend himself. He uh, yet and not hurt anyone else. And everyone at the end of the day went home. The the suspects went to jail. The victim went home, and, the, and all the officers went home, and everyone. You got to so. remember that uh, in Utah, you got to fear for your safety or the life of yours mm-hmm. or any anybody else's property. Uh, you're not typically justified in defending your property. The, right. for the most part. The only thing I would say to that, though, is, and, and I learned this from some of my police friends, is if they have a crowbar or a knife or whatever it is, it takes a split second, and they're on you with that. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. You, you as the, the firearm holder would have to articulate, you know, your feelings, right? Because I can't tell you the perception you'd feel. Mm-hmm. If you feared for your life, you felt feared for, you know, what they were going to do, mm-hmm. then you would be justified in, you know. Well, that, that business owner showed tremendous restraint. Sure did. I think, and did. maybe maybe he pointed the gun and they immediately ran away. I don't know. We, and he yeah, actually, there was three of them and one of him. It's three in the morning. They had know? crowbars and the other, lights were on yeah. in the business. It wasn't like it was dark. Right. Yeah, because because he was there, we actually were able to catch him relatively yeah. quickly as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, great work by the way. I heard that you guys were able to cut off all the on ramps and off ramps and make sure they didn't get out of it town. It was actually and, to be to be fair and to give the credit where it's due is it was a Washington City officer that stopped the car. Really? Yeah, yep. he jumped up on the freeway at 10 and uh, saw yeah. it coming by. We were able to get the description out to them. He made the traffic stop. We went over. And we this had, was 3 a.m. or something that's like when that? The, that's when they broke into the pharmacy, yeah. So it was, it was more like 6 a.m., I guess, when they Probably by then. Yeah. By then. But, uh, again, it goes yeah. to show Washington City, St. George Police Department, and Dixie State University. Dixie State University Police Department's jumped in and helped us a couple of times over the – well, they do all the time, but more recently, a few times, have really helped us out when we've been – overwhelmed by calls and a lot going on so we we do have a good working relationship with the agencies in the in the county for sure very cool you guys okay if we take a quick break here and then we'll come back and talk some more sounds great awesome we're talking with jeremy needles he's a sergeant with the st george police department and tiffany atkin who's the public information officer for sgpd and uh, we'll get back to you guys in just a second chance now to thank joe shoney he is a local loan consultant his specialty is customer service that's right he went out there and he said i'm going to put my uh, my company out there and i want you guys if you will just review me he's now had uh, 368 reviews and he averages an incredible 4.91 out of 5 stars. Phenomenal numbers for Joe. The last two to come in, Kelly says, very great team you to work with, 5 stars. Lisa says, Joe and his team are polite, professional, and courteous. They get the job done, 5 stars. That's just over and over and over. You can scroll through them all. Almost every single one of them is that way. It's Joe Shoney. His phone number is 435-590-6300. You can email him, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Cut. 
One of the hardest things in radio is if you get chatting during the commercials with your guests, and and then the commercial ends and you're not ready to go. So I apologize. Andy here with Jeremy Needles from the St. George Police Department. He's a sergeant, and Tiffany Atkin, always lovely and Thank always you. tougher than she looks. Tiffany Atkin, she's very feisty. Yeah. We we Thank were uh, we were uh, last year at Fourth of July. We were Uh-oh. setting up to do a PA for a parade, and mm-hmm. somebody went the wrong way uh, into a, one of the roundabouts. And boy, Tiffany, woo! She got after him. Well, to be fair, I asked. You know, I kind of said, "Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that." Oh, you're doing that? Okay. Well, then. Yeah. Might yeah. might get feisty. You know, it's me not wanting people ran over. It's weird, right? No, no, me it's no. I, you, you, you have no. You are, you are not at fault at all in this. But uh, I saw the feisty side of Tiffany. Mm-hmm. I can come out for mm-hmm. darn sure. Yeah. So, uh, Mama Bear. And, and you took care of business. I like it, Mama Bear. Mama Bear's got to take yeah, care just, of her. Yeah, it's a little teeny bear though. <laughs> but you know, Mighty or what they can say, she might be little, but. I don't know. Dynamite comes in small packages. It does, I really know does. that one. It really yeah, does. Something like that. Yeah. So, uh, you guys ready to take a call or two? Yes, please. All right, please call 673-5890 is the phone number. We're with uh, again Officer Atkin and Sergeant Needles. Uh, caller, you're on with Andy and with the uh, with the police department. What's up today? Uh, hi. I have a real quick easy question. Um it has pained me to watch all this our basically our history being erased with all the vandalism, statues being torn down. It is a physical assault on our country that will, in fact, change who we are, what we are, what we represent mm-hmm. forever. And I am completely, completely opposed to that. Um, there's no no excuse, no rhyme or reason for this. And my question is, what is the position on St. George City if that type of vandalism starts taking place? Are you going to put a stop to it, or will, will we just sit on our thumbs and allow it because we don't want to offend these people? No, we'll, we'll address any criminal violation. Uh, we mm-hmm. took that stance with uh, the BLM march and stuff as well, too. We mm-hmm. went down met with them prior to and addressed a- anything that uh, criminal happens. We're going to address those issues and stuff. So yeah. we're very firm on the stance. I, mean, uh, I don't know if you've seen that the Brigham Young statue at BYU got vandalized yesterday by the BLM movement. Yeah. And um, it just it, it's wrong. That's private property. What they want to name and call themselves is th- their issue. And I, I just... This is this is an assault, just like if some foreign country showed up, and, and it's just no. All right, you know. Well, yeah, no, we understand it, and absolutely, we're going to take a strong stance against the any law being broken, regardless of what the reasoning is behind it. Well, that's what our job is: is to uphold the law. So, so to do that. You got one or two people doing it. I can understand that. Easy, you go mm-hmm. make the arrest. You put them in handcuffs. What if you have? 30 people or 50 people doing stuff like that what well at a, at a certain point you get overwhelmed number wise right well we I, i'm not going to give away you know how and what okay. we do but i will tell you that we um we don't sit back on our thumbs so and we're preparing and always thinking ahead and uh we have things in place to try and do what we can do to make sure that we keep the citizens safe and that we find those that are committing those crimes Right. So. Well said. Let's go back to uh, line three. Call you're on with Andy and with uh, Officer Atkin and Officer Needles, Sergeant Needles. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Hi. Um, yeah, they talked about the complaints of the uh, police officer mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, did that horrible thing. But I was married to a police officer. Yeah. And, you know, he told me several times that the police, that people that they pick up, he picked up one guy 87 times for robbery. Oh. 
87 times. I mean, how many times do you have to pick people up and put them in jail, have them released, and then go back and do the same thing or something worse? I mean, they're career criminals. You know, it isn't just one stopping for a traffic, you know, citation or something like that. And it's, uh, I know I remember when I married him, the police uh, department had a a little group. They they wanted to orient the wives of what their husbands might be seeing. So when they came home at night, you know, they didn't want to really talk about it. And one of them was um, a, a little uh, a little boy, about four years old, kneeling down to say his prayers, and his dad had killed him. Mm. And and the police had to go in on that situation. Yeah. That's- yeah, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of facets to this job that make it difficult. Now, does that, that doesn't absolutely mean that what happened, you know, yeah. was correct well, and that doesn't excuse no, it. I but- mean, you know, one, but, you know, I really look at this thing as an invasion. I think the the past color kind of said it. It's just mm-hmm. like another country coming over and taking over. I mean, the way they've done this, I think it should have been stopped in the very beginning. And the first, you know, the first thing to combat, I'm not talking about statues and that we care about them or need them that much, but you have to stop it in the beginning because it's so far out of hand right now that, you know, I'm not sure what can happen, yeah. to be honest with you. And I don't know if they should bring in a National Guard again, but, you know, some of the governors and that don't want it. They yeah, don't want that- help. And that's one thing we got to look at, you know, is law enforcement's one cog in the judicial system and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of the decisions that are being made as far as prosecution and letting people out and stuff are, are from the uh, elected officials and stuff. And so I encourage everybody to get out and vote. I mean, if you don't mm-hmm. like what's what's out there, it's our responsibility as citizens to, to get out there and vote these right. people out or, or in that we believe hold the same viewpoints that we do and stuff so it's it is tough especially for law enforcement to see somebody like you said 80, arrested 87 times it keeps getting let out it's you know we, we keep doing our job but it's mm-hmm. a different part of the judicial system different cog that's mm-hmm. that's implementing the laws and allowing that kind of stuff so yeah. all right let's go back to the uh, phone lines caller you're on with andy and with the police department how are you doing great this morning uh, i hope the same there yeah the, thanks uh, for calling the uh Political correctness, I think, has a lot to do with this. No one wants to be called a racist. Uh, my whole life, uh, I've done treated everyone as if the way I would like to be treated. And some of my best friends were, you know, of uh, uh, different color than, than my color, which is white. Uh, but right away, if you're a white person, you're considered a racist. And I think a lot of this uh, pressure and what's going on has has to do with political correctness. Nobody wants to be called a racist, so they kind of back off and things get out of hand. But also, I think a lot has to do with the education system, how a lot of these people have been brought up, and the family unit breaking down. I mean, I've I, in my life, I'm 70 years old, I've probably dealt with police officers maybe five or six times. And every time I show them respect, and every time everything went you know smoothly, there was never an issue. If people, if people were brought up to show respect to other people, I think uh, 99% of these problems wouldn't be happening. If you just respect the police officer, that they're doing a hard job, and then it just goes away with uh, any, any tension. And, and, and if you did something wrong, fine, you get your ticket. But this, this whole idea of being brought up, uh, you know, a, a single-family uh, single uh, unit and... Uh, they're just not taught respect, and, and that's, that's a major problem. I like your I, point I, I of believe. view. It's, it's true. It, it doesn't matter color, you know, sex, orientation, any of that, because none of us can choose that, right? I, I, got, I can't choose to be born white. It just happened. But we can choose how we treat each other, 
And I think if you everyone took that that point to heart. Well, and we and we could do a whole other show on the breakdown of the American family and the absence of fathers out there. And you know, I mean, study after study after study has shown that if there is a father in the home, or if there is a male figure in the home that helps to parent this child, it's it's a huge difference sure. uh, because the the odds are so much better that uh, you know things will go great. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys. We got a minute left. Uh, all this social distancing and mask wearing and everything. The, the state epidemiologist has actually said we need to lock this state. Dan, everyone needs to wear a mask. I mean, she's really getting out. If it doesn't decrease, we're in big trouble. Uh, would there ever be a point in your mind as police officers where you would have to cite somebody for wear, for not wearing a mask? Is that something in Utah that would you think would ever happen? And and would you want it to? No. Uh, no. No, it's not going to happen. The, the stance of most law enforcement in the state, uh, we're not going to enforce a non-criminal uh, impl- implementation. So. Yeah, we definitely don't want to get involved in that. So I I agree. I don't blame <laughs> got you. Enough to do it's already. Like, this is not a this is not a crime to yeah. not wear a mask. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with you guys. That do you have to wear a mask when you're patrolling and things? Have you been? We there was a time where we did. Yes. Yeah. We want our guys to be safe. I mean, we're exposed to so many situations and stuff that we provide masks and provide yeah. gloves for them and stuff. So it's uh, at this point strongly encouraged when they want to go to if they go into somebody's house they're mm-hmm. they're to wear masks and stuff. But uh, Again, that's for the safety of them and how many people they're exposed to doing the uh, primary responder job, first responder yeah. job. So, well, Sergeant, thank you. Jeremy Needles for coming on. Tiffany Atkin, always great to talk to you. I appreciate you, you guys. You thank you for having us. Been a fun show, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow, same bat time. You guys won't be here, but I will be. Thanks for coming on today. Time now for news.